0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway.
1: What is this, the Move these people. Back! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. Oh.
0: cinema. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, Art, here to be your purveyor of the peculiar, your sherpa to the strange, and your wrangler of the weird. As we at Subversive Cinema look at the weird, wacky, and the downright wrong entries in film history. And today is a really, really weird choice. It's 1974's Zardoz from none other than John Borman, who, if you may remember directed deliverance and that little ditty exorcist to the heretic and to talk about zardoz with me today back again from his vacation after recuperating from our talk about the vagrant is peter peter how are you
1: well art thanks for having me i'm hoping that this one will uh finish my debt to you (laughs) (laughs) never ever ever (laughs) <laughs> Are you really thankful? Had you ever heard of this movie? Uh, yes. I, I knew that Sean Connery was going to mostly be in a bikini bottom for the entire movie. Yes. that and that's why I asked for it.
0: Exactly. See? So Zardoz, as I said, 1974. It's a story about guns, projections, reflections, and Sean Connery's body hair. And a bunch of other weird things about subjugation of different classes of people in a distant future land where the quote unquote normal folks are now eternals and everybody else are categorized as the brutals or the breeders or whatever the hell it was uh so let me ask you this are you happy that I made you watch this?
1: I've never happy art no matter what
0: valid and especially point.
1: when it comes to you
0: yes, also valid point so great so we're we're off to a wonderful rousing start <laughs> with this. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I i was happy to see a young charlotte rambling
0: yes uh, it was interesting because i've only seen a lot of her later work and uh to see her yeah. very young it was it was i it was like whoa it's uh, seeing a memory of a grandmother or something except she yeah. wore much more revealing clothing than i'd like my grandmother to wear not me That it sounds about right <sighs> so I'm, your, I'm
1: happy for your grandmother to wear whatever she plays
0: I know you are, of course. Thank you, Peter. (laughs) So, Zardoz, in summary, it takes place in the future in 2293. The world has become this strangely devoid region. There's only, you don't see till later, some bombed-out shelters and cities. But otherwise, it's just these huge, vast fields. There's little tribal regions, and there are these men with bandoliers and bikini bottoms and masks, and they run around just shooting people. And they pray and bow down to a giant floating stone head that they call Zardoz, who spews forth weapons and ammunition, and that is their idol. And all of this is just a big power play by this elite group of humans who have evolved to have eternal life thanks to the tabernacle. And this is how they control the other people in the world. And while they are there having the good old time just living and enjoying knowledge and fresh fruit and produce, the rest of the world suffers, and they're all miserable. Um, I, You know, the, this is this one quote at the very beginning sort of sums up the entire sentiment of everything.
1: The gun is good. The gun is the good! The penis
0: is evil.
1: The penis shoots seeds and makes new life to poison the earth with a plague of men. So there you are. The gun is good. The penis is evil. I wrote that quote down. The gun is good. The penis is evil. Is Ardaz my wife?
0: <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh. Where's my um, snare hit?
1: I think there's a better quote that uh, defines this movie that happens even earlier in the movie. At the are, you very talking, beginning.
0: are you talking about the, the floating head sequence?
1: The floating head sequence, I, we can't skip, which I was like waiting for it to hit a corner like the DVD logo <laughs> on a screensaver. <laughs> I was like, come on, hit the corner, hit the corner. Oh, yes. Um, he, goes, he goes, I am Zardoz. I have lived 300 years and I long to die. And I'm like, so he sounds like a millennial. And then the next, screen, next shot, it says 2293 is when it takes place. 300 years earlier, 1993, Zardoz is a millennial. <laughs> and he wants to die.
0: Well, bravo for the mathematics. I yes, love
1: it. I double checked.
0: Good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and of course, the biggest thing about this entire story that we we're running is there. There is this this wild man who finds his way inside of the vortex where all these Eternals live. That is played by Sean Connery, the character Zed, and he is there to. We're not quite sure what at first. And eventually we all realize he's the chosen one who's been designed to bring down the system from the inside. He is the slave meant to free the masters and other such nonsense. I'm not sure what the fuck's happening in this movie.
1: Exactly. And Zardoz created him because Zardoz is a millennial who will use the rules to get around rules he can't break to get what he wants to happen. It's a millennial movie. Everyone should watch it. Isn't it amazing,
0: though, that it is a millennial movie, but it was done 20 years before the millennial existed?
1: It is. I think Borman, uh, you know, knew a thing or two. He did. He did.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. You may wonder, why is Sir Sean Connery in a film like this? Well, apparently after doing Diamonds Are Forever, he had a hell of a time getting work. So John Borman got him at the steal away price of $200,000 for this work. And all he had to do was wear knee-high stripper boots, red bikini bottoms, and have a hell of a huge mustache and a ponytail.
1: Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I think that Sean's uh, ponytail was my favorite character in the movie. Absolutely. That and his his body hair, just in general.
0: That actually would lead into my next question. So... Uh, There was a lot of characters in this. They all were pretty much exactly the same as the others, but I'm sure we can find some that stood out. What about you? So what stood out to you other than Sean Connery's body hair? What what character stood out?
1: Um, Not so much a character, but just something that really made me laugh would be uh, his bandolier. Uh, He carries a revolver, but his bandolier has bullets that are like six inches long that don't fit (laughs) in a revolver. And I'm like, why is he wearing that? Somebody doesn't know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> he's wearing yeah, some he sort of weapon. rifle ammunition around his chest, but he's carrying a revolver. Yes. But he
1: never carried a rifle in the whole nope. movie. He just he, had the, the uh, revolver. Correct. And he shot it so many times. I never saw him reload. It was crazy.
0: Uh, well, you know, in the future, there's infinite ammo. I'm not oh, sure if you knew is that.
1: Were they on a god mode? Or yes, <laughs> exactly. They
0: entered the cheat code. Zardoz handed it over to them. I uh I have to lend some some credit to Zardoz himself with his m- sharpie on mustache and his yeah. goatee made of lines and a dot that wasn't yeah. even symmetrical.
1: Yeah, my favorite is like, why does he keep shaving and then draw that weird facial hair? Because <laughs> <laughs> you could see his stubble in some of the close-ups. The actor's stubble. So yes. Like, oh, that's oh, I know this would be hilarious. We'll draw on facial hair and then we'll have. The biggest fattest banana slug uh, mustache on Connery. <laughs> it's it's such a it's
0: such a weird weird fucking movie. But apparently it was made for a million dollars, and now that I know that, it shows. So much of the effects were literally just in camera kaleidoscope or projection works. So maybe our favorite, one of our favorite characters should just be the, the overuse of projection screens and this weird crystal realm that he would go into consistently
1: because, Hey, let's put him in a fun house of mirrors. Exactly. Someone was like, I know I have the keys to the amusement park. It's closed for winter. You know, we can shoot part of the movie there. I think (laughs) it's kind of what happened. It it was funny that you mentioned the projection because, uh, when, uh, Zed is learning by osmosis, which is like what every ten-year-old kid wishes they could do. It was the um, Matrix
0: before the Matrix, yeah.
1: They c- projected the code on his face, and it was green, right on on the faces, and it looked just like that. Um, oh, you have to make sure you're
0: was, doing it topless, by the way, too, because that's the only way the information can transfer it in. Is you have to be yeah. on top of him topless, and then that'll transmit.
1: Yeah, it was pretty um, pretty cool the way that he you know was able to learn that way. Uh, but then it was, like, all the things that he learned were all very Eurocentric. It was just, like, it was only like, French and English. And then, like, maybe, I guess, some math would be, like, you know, not Eurocentric. but and,
0: Yeah, and then, like, some artwork pieces or fine art metric system stuff. Well, I guess it was shot in Ireland, so it makes sense, I guess, it'd be Eurocentric.
1: Yeah. I, right before that scene, you know, she goes, um, uh, we will not work in time. You will take our knowledge by osmosis out of time. We will touch teach you and you will give us your seed. And little known fact I did in my, I I came upon in my research. uh, That line led to the title for 1998's out of time with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. What?
0: (laughs) That's magic.
1: I made made that up. That's not. Oh, that
0: sucks. I was really hoping that was real. (laughs) I was like, I didn't read that, but I will buy it and, and run with it.
1: We should start that rumor right now. Yes, we should. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm <everybody>. more <laughs> <laughs> It
0: was, uh, you know, I okay. You know, look before we get too far ahead. I, I think we're done with the characters because it, it, everybody was pretty much the exact same as each other, except for friend sure. and and Sean. Well, friend, but
1: but yeah, but then you know you have the other mortals and they just collectively, I think we should refer to them as the HOA. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because yes because they all like vote more, on everything they they have to vote on everything and they're like well if you do this you're gonna age six months and that's the fine so <laughs> you know and they're like very gleeful to like to punish their other people and it's like that's what happens when you're in a little community with no outsiders and all the rules just go to your head so it's like a, the, they were like the start of an HOA
0: sounds about right to me <laughs> so we got ahead of myself here a bit, so you know we're breaking down what makes this movie subversive, and the three ingredients of that are the characters, the story, and what the fuck factor. So we've already started talking about the characters. Yeah, yeah. well, Sean Connery's bikini—that's that's that's where we're just gonna go with—he wins. Yes,
1: and I think his the back of his neck hair, because at one point it's like two inches long in one of the some of the shots, and I was uh, I had trouble finishing my beer. It was just a lot of neck hair. <laughs> but I also needed the beer to be able to watch all the neck hair. So it was a yes. loose. Though, actually, I guess
0: we could say another aspect of Sean Connery that really shouldn't be glanced over here is is his erection, his off-screen erection that about, I don't know, maybe 40-some minutes into the movie when we're getting a history lesson because this movie doles out exposition in spurts. And at 40 minutes into the movie... We hear about how the penis is bad, and that because these people live forever, they don't need to procreate. They're all about knowledge. So sex is no longer a concern. So they're testing this wild man for what gives him an erection because they just don't understand how that works. And the best part is they show him, you know, a nudie film of some boobs getting washed. That doesn't do it. Neither does Gregory. How do they know to show
1: that first? How do they know that if they don't know what caused an erection? How does it immediately go to soapy boob washing?
0: Hey, we because don't we don't, don't ask those don't questions, Peter.
1: <laughs> For someone who doesn't know what gets an erection, I think they they do know.
0: I was gonna say, do you think they should have started with the mud wrestling instead? Or
1: I, I mean, I just think it was like they were all kind of erotic images that you know um, go to. It. But my favorite thing is like they go, you know, as part of May studies of this creature, we are trying to find once again the link between erotic stimulation and erection. And then it immediately cuts Connery's chest hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are they talking to the audience? I think they're talking to the audience. And I'm like, is like, is this what it takes, bud? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, of course, when the screen turns off as Charlotte Rampling's character is just like, I don't know what'll do it. And then he just looks at her. And then the waveform on the screen starts going off the, the scales. Everybody comes and looks off camera at his obvious boner. And then hilarity ensues
1: yeah who knew bikini bottoms didn't really hide a boner very well
0: who would have thought so so we have that sort of thing happening and then um things just happen um there's voting there's life making bread there is an uprising there is trying to figure out how Sean Connery got into the head in the first place. This movie, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. So I'd say, Peter, so how much of the story gelled for you? I mean, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but why? Well, no, actually, the very, very end was suspect to me when we're treated to this montage of
1: aging, but before then. 13%. <laughs> Burr, that sounds about right. <laughs> 13%. Mean- I, I thought it might have been a thrown away Monty Python sketch. <laughs> as, the, as the head comes floating in, Zardoz's head was like, if he's supposed to be a god, why doesn't he have better teeth? Uh, like, I couldn't <laughs> figure that out. They were just so, super gapped and whatever. And you could sometimes see the aluminum foil in the eyes. Um, yeah, it was weird. I, I have a question for you. Yeah. When he first goes, when Zed first wakes up and he's in the head and there's all the people in the plastic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that?
0: Yeah, it's a very good question as to why are there shrink-wrapped humans inside this head? I mean, And why
1: are they backlit? <laughs> who are they backlit for if it's only <laughs> Zardoz who goes in the head? If no one else is supposed to go in there, why are they backlit? I mean, it looked nice, but...
0: Maybe that's what it is. It's like he did it for an aesthetic appeal. He just wanted to have, like, you know, backlit works of art. I, I don't know. I mean, these are clearly... People that, I guess that maybe they're um, specimens that they brought from the outside. Oh, because actually, you know what? Sorry. They did say very quickly later on that, or uh, Sean Connery says that if you serve Zardoz, you are promised to be taken to the Vortex when you die for eternal life. Um. So maybe he's actually collecting up these people and bringing them back to be processed in, or maybe... I don't know. It's it's a plot thread they don't really go through, so maybe they actually shred them up and use them for fucking Soylent Green. I don't know. Interesting. But since we're talking about the beginning, one of my favorite bits here was as Zardoz uh, gets shot and he's hanging outside the mouth and he falls, it is the most wonderful throwing away of physics ever, as he just sort of floats, Yeah. and he doesn't fall, He just and then he gently careens downwards. Yet, when you watch the footage of him falling, he's falling in real time. Um, later on, so
1: I, I, um, I that's... The, the movie had a curious lack of um, continuity when it came to some of those types of things. Like, um, it, it would show like here's our, uh, here's Zed's memories. Uh, they're all in the third person. Don't question why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you could see him like, oh uh, wait, he sees himself from the outside in his memories. Don't you um, remember things that way, Peter? Yeah, but I'm not in a movie.
0: That's true. That's very true. So that's strange. Um, Yeah. yeah. This is just...
1: This is from the guy who made Deliverance, man. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a favorite part of the movie? Like just any little thing that's like the absolute, your favorite part?
0: Oh, that's a really, really, really good question that I don't have an answer for. Uh, perhaps I might say it was interesting to see Zed's magical body sweat give life to the apathetic.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. Behind that, I think him eating a leaf like Popeye to get strong, but then he doesn't do anything that really takes a Oh yeah,
0: I love it. It's like, oh. here, eat this when the time comes. He eats it, and then what happens?
1: <laughs> Nothing. He just exactly. runs and hides behind a rock. Yeah. Um, my favorite <laughs> thing about the movie was the motion Zed or i'm just talking the the motion connery made when he's going into the mirror pyramid and he's just like it's like oh yes he's like now enter yeah it's almost like they said hey do that parlor trick
0: where you you amaze little kids by going downstairs behind (laughs) something
1: it's the waving of his arms i was like all right that he earned his money that with that scene alone
0: (laughs) yeah well, I guess other than that, yeah. then we already talked about my other favorite scene, which was the boner scene because it's just so yeah. awkward and strange. So,
1: There was another thing in the movie that stuck out to me. Um, there was a, uh, a quote that said, the monster is a mirror and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces mm-hmm. and then meditate on this at second level. And I would say that the film itself is a mirror and we see our inner selves in it. And um, in that case, my inner self is bunch of crap because the movie kind of sucked
0: <laughs> uh, my inner self is a uh, full of excessive body hair uh, because that <laughs> yeah. is also something i saw a lot of yes unfortunately my inner self is not as skinny as everybody in this movie so
1: no no i was i, I know it was filmed in ireland but for as much horseback riding some of the people did in like these crop top crocheted vests they didn't really have any tan
0: no they did tan lines
1: yeah that's that's right there's
0: no very very few tan lines for having the technology that they did such as the tabernacle clearly they have a a far far advanced wi-fi system you know this, this entire network that works in in practically split second real time yet they still use horse drawn and people drawn carriages and they you know everything is very very pre-industrial revolution it seems except for within uh sardaz's house then we see some bits of technology and things but otherwise everybody's living this weird peasant farmer life when it's 300 years in the future barring you know the magic screen of porn or whenever they're doing their multiple votes about whether we should find somebody a few years or something it's i just i'm not quite sure what this universe is that he's created and why it is the way it is
1: and i i couldn't figure out, like, they all have um, crystals implanted in their foreheads, and that allows them to be part of it, but they still have to wear a giant crystal ring?
0: It's a redundancy, I guess. You know, it's a
1: fail-safe. Is one of them a repeat, in case you lose your head? Like, if your head falls off, you still have your ring?
0: Or, you know, one's like the transmitter,
1: the receiver, you know? But Zardoz left his ring at home for Connery to find, and I would have expected him to be wearing it if they had to wear them Ah, all
0: the time good catch see early on we don't think about that until later when you realize everybody's wearing it all the time but Mm -hmm. my question is so where did zardoz go see i wish they would have done that sort of thing where you know like in the in the bbc show sherlock when sherlock falls to his death at least in the next episode they explain how he got out of that well how did zardoz do this it's like he's suddenly back in the vortex without any question how did that work i wonder
1: I don't know, but he did fall in a floating manner. So maybe he just kind of landed and then he told, well, so they, at the end um, when the guy who's half faced aged, uh, was that friend?
0: That's friend. Yes.
1: So friend and Zardoz are talking. um, uh, Zardoz tells Connery or Zed that, you know, I made you to do the thing, whatever. And then Connery's like, Oh yeah. Well, someone had you made you to do the thing. Two, so i'm guessing the tabernacle let zardoz back in and mm. like had to know that zardoz was still alive because they started to create a new zardoz um, baby you saw that like baby in a bag thing. that's
0: right yeah because the um, be, like, when, they,
1: they, when they die they're reconstructed so i didn't understand like why did they does it matter if they age that much if it's just because they become the uh um what was it the Imbeciles.
0: No, what was their name? Oh, I know. Not the apathetic. Those are the people who just don't care. You're yeah. talking no, the age ones, the senile or whatever that they, the, the senile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They send them. So I guess there. like that
1: was why you don't want to age. Like, like I guess you you don't age enough. You don't. You still don't die. I, don't well, I guess it's just it's yeah. Weird. You
0: you get stuck being this kind of old person, but at the same time, apparently you can be destroyed and then reconstituted. So,
1: but do they make that? reconstitution age like, was that baby going to have to age to be the same age? as ah,
0: Zardoz? valid question. That was never answered. There's, I feel like there's a lot more questions left open than answered in this.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think we need to find out somehow.
0: <laughs> yes. Go ahead to the, in the almighty Oracle of Google and see if there's any forums on Reddit that talk about Zardoz and trying to understand why it is the way it is.
1: Uh, no, I think we just needed to know if John Borman's still alive, and we write him a letter. That's a good so idea. He was a writer, producer, and director. Uh, maybe he should have had a different producer to help rein him in on some of the stuff. I don't know.
0: Well, good for us. He is still alive, but he oh, is—he's—he's uh, he's eighty-nine years old. So.
1: So we better get to the post office soon.
0: That's right. We better take care of this very, very quick. Can we talk about why the bread is green? Any, no, any, we can't. why?
1: No, we we actually we can't talk about it.
0: We we can't. It's it's just not allowed. No, fair enough.
1: Uh, it's because of the Wizard of Oz uh, mm. connection. I mean, you like the the clothes, the clothes they uh, wear at the end as they're aging. It's definitely like looks just like the outfit of the guy who uh, lets them into Oz.
0: Yes, the, the the Emerald City Guardian guy. Yes.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Emerald City. Yeah. So, so um,
0: what was with? Uh, Zardoz, was he actually magic? Because as we find out, he's leading Sean Connery through the library to feed him, teach him English and how to read, um, and then giving him books. But he's actually letting books float in midair. He apparently can turn a, a bubble in this in the air t- into a crystal ball. So, does he actually have some did sort he of magic? Turn a no,
1: did he actually turn a bubble into a crystal ball? Or did they just use a piece of plastic to be able to float the crystal ball and then it's supposed to be the same crystal ball that when it goes into Connery's hand? Was that just like thinking the audience would think it was a crystal ball the whole time?
0: Maybe. I don't know. I I, I don't know. There's so much about this movie, it makes me ask why, but for all the wrong reasons. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So story is... Whatever it is. Um, so what in particular made you stop and say, what the fuck is going on?
1: Um, all of the things. <laughs> I mean, it just, it took me more than one day to watch this movie. Um, yes, I, I, was like, I, I oh, noticed that. I'll drink a bunch of beers that'll help with this. And then it didn't. And then I got tired and I went to sleep. <laughs> and then I tried to watch the last 46 minutes uh, earlier this afternoon and I couldn't pay attention and wasn't really listening. And I was like, I better re-watch that again so I can talk to Art about it. Um, yeah, it just was like, I don't know. There was a lot of boobies. And <laughs> that was that was kind of what I took away from the movie. It was weird. I don't know. I don't know why it was made. I don't know. Who thought it was a good idea? I don't know how anyone got work in after this i mean it's just not a good movie it's weird it's definitely like from oh yeah this is from the 70s okay quaaludes were still illegal right okay got it <laughs> that's all i need to know but... yeah
0: yeah that sounds about right i i was curious as to how is it that all these people they wear very very little clothing yet they
1: seem to live in a climate that looks very cold that's why Sean Connery had been bred to have so much spotty hair. so that Ah, would be cold.
0: and there it is. That makes, now we've brought it all back to home. Yes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, th- honestly, there's so much about this. Like, I, I started getting a little confused partway through about the second or third projection screen series of weird memories and going into the crystal shit. I don't know. Half the time, he's going through these seemingly unmotivated visions or hallucination periods and i feel like it's all in service of some sort of grander big message but i think that there is not i think it's just sort of all there for bullshit. and it was all very confusing to me everything about this movie and i guess you know i mean what is it that he makes this deal with a select group of them to give them his seed he lets like seven people get out and then the rest of them just willingly fall prey to the brutes who come in to, to kill everybody, right? Yeah. And then he runs off to live happily ever after with Charlotte Rampling in their cave. They bang, have a kid. Kid just grows up apparently alone with them. And they just sit there and they slowly wither and die together, holding hands even in death. And then we're done.
1: Yeah. It was weird. It was like... Um who's the kid going to get with it's just his mom and dad is this going to take another turn for the weird i didn't know
0: (laughs) and even his and his son you notice there's like one moment where the son gives him like a ration of shit really quickly like he stands up to leave and the mother reaches for him and he just shrugs her off very very meanly and then just wanders away and the whole thing just makes me wonder what the point of all this is and I don't know. There's I guess there was one part that was kind of interesting is when everything starts falling away and insanity seems to be taking over the vortex and that's when all the old people are converging with the freshly awoken apathetic and people are just having an orgy in the garden and I guess that's you know that night and the next day is when they breach the walls and they come and start killing everybody but yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is just really something
1: else no i'm not sad that i watched it or sorry um it's one i've heard about you know and it's like oh yeah i know about that movie sean connery in a bikini like but never have really made it to the list to watch it so i'm glad you forced me to do it
0: well there you go
1: anything uh any any other wtfs
0: or anything in particular is it just kind of the whole thing is just this giant kaleidoscope of confusion
1: uh, it, it was very weird. I, you know, who though wasn't supposed to know that Sean Connery was going to be in that wedding dress under the veil? And you're like, oh, where is he? We can't find him. And it's like, oh, I bet that's going to be Sean Connery. It's sure enough, there he is, mustachioed Zed. Well, uh, when you have a,
0: a six foot one bride, what are you going to do?
1: I don't know. I like that. And I like that when the old man died, who like had created the tabernacle. They're like, he's dead. And then you just see his chin moving.
0: Oh yeah, his chin moves and his eye blinks <laughs> like, once. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, like they go to close his eyes, but as Connery's fingers get closer, you can see his the, the dude's pupils moving. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. That kind of me to me summed up the movie. Like, oh look, here's a simple thing that they could have done a lot better, but they didn't. And we get to enjoy it. And that's kind of what Zardas was to me.
0: I remember reading somewhere that John Borman admitted later in life that this was a very personal and probably selfish endeavor. He had a much grander idea and the budget did not fit it. And what we see on screen is the result of trying to go for broke when you're not starting all that far away from it.
1: Yeah, I I had read one thing of trivia saying that uh, Borman said he was really under on a lot of drugs and wasn't quite sure what a lot of the stuff meant yeah and that they uh there was it was such a hedonistic uh scene going on when they were filming that they had to bring in a mobile sti clinic oh my god <laughs> wow yeah in the town where they were filming okay
0: so, well
1: wow. uh, it was the 70s right yeah Hey, it's
0: 70s. We'll just go with that. (laughs) Oh fuck. Okay, well, I don't think we can really mine this any deeper. On a scale of one to ten, how subversive do you think this was?
1: Well, I'll give it a four.
0: You're being incredibly generous, and I'd say it's only because it's confusing, I'd say, you know? I mean I'd give it a three, but
1: you don't think oh, so you don't think it's that subversive? Yeah, I was like, I was gonna give it like three and a half, but I know you don't like halves
0: oh Um, yeah well it's only it's not like i even write this thing down anywhere but whatever
1: i know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm sure like for the time it probably was a little bit i don't know like now it's nothing like you know people shoot movies like this on their iphones you know that are weirder but
0: true but i guess it's because it has sean Connery and charlotte rampling so
1: yeah i say charlotte rampling is hot and she was
0: also hot back then. That's right. She was a very
1: attractive <laughs> woman, for sure.
0: So if anybody out there is curious to see what Sean Connery looks like in a mankini, you can head over to Amazon Prime. You can buy or rent the movie there. And I'm sure you can also find it on DVD somewhere. But, you know, just, just rent it. It's fine. You don't really need to own this movie unless there's some sort of massive special features or something. I think you'll be you'll be just fine with that. Peter, I want to thank you for taking the time to watch yet another fantastic piece, (laughs) and we'll see if you trust me yet again next season, shall we?
1: Thanks, Art. I hope this uh, means my debt is paid off.
0: We're getting close. We're getting very close. (sighs) Until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content.
1: Subversive cinema.